this is a very special episode of the Sleep Whisperer podcast with one of my friends, Christine. You've heard about the gut-brain connection, but what is the three-brain connection? Why does Christine choose to use this as a framework in her work? How does your sleep affect the three-brain connection? And what are some of the takeaways that we can use to enhance sleep to become more restorative? Welcome to episode number 91 of the Sleep Whisperer podcast. Christine Morgenstern-Shin specializes in empowering high performers, heavy thinkers and recovering perfectionists to navigate holistically through chronic stress, anxiety and stubborn weight loss. Her focus lies in brain health, neuroscience and positive psychology as well as the interconnectedness between mental health, gut health, hormone imbalance and epigenetics. As an integrative practitioner for over 25 years, Christine is more passionate than ever. She utilizes the principles of functional medicine and nutrition, modern neuroscience and ancient wisdom traditions all of which I absolutely am so passionate about. As a trauma and somatic-informed yoga guide, she leads into this beautiful synergy of the three-brain connection to lead you to your own inner wisdom. By drawing from both Western and Eastern modalities, her approach is unique, bio-individual and foremost, rooted in love make sure you're listening to all the guided sleep meditations available and we suggest listening with the earpiece while lying down for the very best experience however you do not need to limit yourself to only listening at night take time out in the afternoon and that's a great way to keep your stress levels low and also help you release some of that restlessness of the day, leaving you more calm and peaceful for all your interactions through your day. And oh, do shoot me an email on deepadphytothrive.com and share which ones you loved. Now take a listen to the Three Brain Connection. Hey everyone, I'm Deepa, Light Functional Medicine Practitioner, Author and Yogini and you're listening to the Sleep Whisperer Podcast, the only sleep podcast with conversations and meditations. I'm on a mission to share profoundly insightful sleep conversations with global visionaries that merge together functional medicine and ancient wisdom. Breathe in bliss through weekly guided meditations and let yourself enter the land of dreams. Together, let's unravel the pieces, get to the roots and understand the right tools to transform your sleep completely. Through this podcast, I want you to dream the best version of yourself. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey. Christine, we've been 
going back and forth for a while and i've really been waiting to have you on the show and uh, this is a super interesting subject as well because i know a lot of people talk about the gut brain connection but what is the three brain connection and how does it interplay with sleep and that's what we're speaking about today and um, I do know that we have some common areas in terms of yoga and functional medicine. And I would love to, of course, hear all about how you got into this specific area, this interplay of uh, these different aspects of uh, wellness and how you can. And you've been there just like me for more than two decades, which brings with it this wealth of experience, which I truly say that nothing replaces experience uh, for ourselves and for what we can offer to the world as well. But um, would love to know how did the how did you come upon this three brain concept, which we'll come to, of course, in much more detail later? And was it something in your journey that actually sparked you to think about this specific framework? Yes. Um, well, first of all, Deepa, thank you so much for having me as a guest. I'm really excited to talk into this connection with sleep and. I'm actually just grateful to to just chat with you. I just in my heart, I feel like we're neighbors, but <laughs> obviously we're not. So thank you so much for neighbors in the heart, Christine, if not in location. That's right. That's right exactly. Well, um, to answer your question, you're exactly correct in terms of I discovered the the three brain connection, and it's essentially you know your I'll call it your head brain for better lack of a term, your head brain, your heart brain, and your gut brain. And I discovered this through my own healing. And um, I'd love to give you a little insight of just, you know, high points of, of what had happened um, as I discovered, you know, this type of work, if that's okay. Yes, absolutely, because that's where it all begins. And uh, it definitely yeah. plays such a key role. And I think people also resonate with the healing journey. And then that's where they actually connect with you as a person and as a practitioner. And then that's what also sparks their own insight about what's happening with themselves. Sure. No, 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 that makes sense. And I, I want to start off um, that I've been very grateful that I've had, you know, a very healthy and happy and fulfilling, you know, childhood and, and young adulthood and life. Um, but I mentioned that because I wanted to preface it because I also had um, really hidden or secret, I should say, um, daily depression for over 20 years. Um, and along with that was anxiety and some ADHD. And I tell that because that, I, as I look back in, in retrospect, that is the, the beginning of, you know, of my story. And from the outside looking in as a young adult, I mean, it looked like, you know, I was told that I had, you know, the textbook um, definition of success. You know, I had a, a high energy job career in the, in the fitness industry. And, and admittedly, um, you know, I actually felt like I had this mental engine that could just go, go, go. It was just endless. And whether it was just energy or performing, I know now that I was always reaching for external achievement. 
and external gratification. And, um, and that was something that was, uh, was something that was really important to discover when I was in the middle of my illness, you know? So, you know, I, I always joked and said, oh, workaholic, you know, that word is, is for people that they don't have enough grit to accomplish their dreams, you know? And, and admittedly, I was just so, so wrong, you know? Um, and so at the beginning, just little tiny things occurred, you know, whether it was cognitively or, or neurologic or physical, um, you know, I, I might've had a, uh, I called it a food baby, you know, I might have had a, a little, you know, expansion of the stomach and we'd laugh and then it wouldn't happen for two months, you know, little things like that happened. Um, I might see the word sleep, I might see somebody sleeping, but could I couldn't remember the word. Um, you know, I lost my eyesight for a half a day, believe it or not, and little things like this started happening. Joint pain, I used to sleep very restfully then not at all, you know, and this went on for years, but as a high performer, a high achiever, I dismissed it. I just kept putting it to the side, putting it to the side, you know, and there was a period where I saw six or seven specialists. Um, it was very disappointing. Uh, you, you know, the, the end synopsis was either nothing was wrong. It was in my head or I had IBS. And so I truly, unfortunately felt unheard you know, felt unvalidated and just felt alone when it came to the medical, you know, profession. And that, you know, just took a lot out of me because I had a lot of shame. You know, I was in the health industry. I, I should be able to solve my own challenges, right? So fast forward to when I discovered functional medicine. Um, this is where I found a lot of hope, you know, in this despair that I was in because I was at the point where and obviously we'll skip over the 20 odd symptoms that we all probably got, right? But I was in the situation where just day-to-day, day-to-day um, -day activity was debilitating, you know? So um, hard to sleep, um, you know, crashed energy, um, hormones out of whack, um, head-to-toe nerve pain. I'd get stuck in a chair and couldn't move. Um, just a lot, a lot of pain, you know, um, physically, mentally, emotionally, heightened depression, anxiety. And I found a functional uh, MD and she diagnosed me with uh, toxic mold, um, Sears. It's uh, called chronic inflammatory response syndrome. And I checked all the boxes easily, unfortunately for that. I've been living in a home for um, uh, 11 years with toxic mold, not knowing, obviously. Um, and then fast forward to when I moved here, I, I had worked through some of that. And then I uh, met with a biological dentist. And this, I think you'll be really interested in because he turned my sleep around like that. Mm. Um, I had what was called um, cavitation surgery. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't heard of that. Although I interviewed Dr. Mark Levi and he said that the dentist of, is the future of sleep medicine. Uh, and there's so mm -hmm. much work in that whole intersection of dentistry and sleep. But this particular mm -hmm. one I haven't heard of. Well, no, I, and, and I believe it. The, the oral microbiome is amazing, I've learned. And if you have either root canal or wisdom teeth, in my situation, I had four wisdom teeth removed when I was uh, right out of college. 
And then this cavitation surgery um, occurred when I was late 40s. So think about how long what was brewing in between, you know, for almost 20 some odd years. And uh, I essentially had dead bone. So there was bad bacteria, parasites, and I had the surgery um, on both teeth. And as you know, it was, it was not a mistake where I looked at the meridians of the exact teeth and this is where your small intestine was. And sure enough, mm. I also got Gosh. diagnosed. Mm. Mm -hmm. I got diagnosed with SIBO. Wow. So this is when I started looking into um, yoga and Eastern traditions and started going down that road because I said, okay, this this is was not a random situation. And I think you'll appreciate this a little caveat, it was the second day after the surgery, major surgery, I was trying not to take, um, you know, the pain pills. And uh, all of a sudden, I, I woke up, I was on the couch, and, and I, I don't sleep, remember, okay. And I said to my husband, what was that noise? And he said, it was you snoring. And I said, Oh, my God, I'm so happy. Like I'm so <laughs> and I don't start now, thankfully for him, but <laughs> I started sleeping like a baby mm. just after that surgery. So that just gives you, you know, the first testament of functional medicine, you know, through this biological dentist. And I'm so happy my sleep got restored because as you know, it's the foundation of everything. I mean, if that didn't happen first, I don't think I could have got to the part where I started working with my neurological pathways, you know, when I started making new, new pathways. So that occurred. And then I started getting somewhat better, started my business, so on and so forth, moved to California. And it was a happy move. It was a move, we, you know, we chose to make, but essentially, you know, to use an analogy, my bucket tipped over. And I'm sure you've used this analogy before of the health bucket, right? And, you know, for our listeners, when we're born, you know, we have an empty bucket. And then even if, you know, your mom had a C-section versus natural birth, right? If she had a C-section, that's one drop in the bucket, right? And for all those listening, disclaimer, you'll be okay if your mom had a C-section. But the point is, little things, you know, our past experiences, um, if we've taken any medicine, you know, 20 years of birth control, right? of depression medicine, of anxiety medicine, which I have since, I'm off everything since 2015. I did that myself. And I really so, love that you shared that, Christine, because I think so many people are put on this medication. And the, I mean, a common thing that I hear is I'd rather take the medication than do something with my body. And, but the effects of the medication in itself can impact so many systems so when you shared that I think it just offers listeners some hope that you don't mm -hmm. have to be on these things forever however long you've been there there's always a way out and it can just start with one gentle step mm -hmm. no I, I greatly appreciate you saying that because I was told by a lot of doctors I would be on depression and anxiety medicine my entire life. And, you know, I took the proper steps. I did it really slow. It took me over a year. I, I was really cautious to do that. So um, no, there definitely is a place, a place for that if someone chooses to. 
Um, and then to, to move forward, you know, to in my journey, um, I truly believe if I hadn't found yoga and mindfulness and meditation, and then after that yoga therapy, which I'm still studying now, I truly, truly don't think I would have healed in the manner I did. And I am just so grateful. Like it, it, it gets me emotional just thinking about it because through all of that debris through, and it was an eight year journey. I didn't know this was happening at the time, but through the yoga, I, I essentially found my authentic self. Like I know who I am as a person. I'm aware of, you know, my personal connection with my heart and my soul. I, I don't look for that external validation anymore. I kind of throw out the rules, right? I'm more connected with family and friends. I'm very connected with nature, which I wasn't as much before. And it's just a beautiful, just a beautiful like gift out of all of this drama and debris. And I recently changed um, the name of my company to Radiant Heart truly because that's my intention. I would love if they choose my clients to be able to find their authentic self because they, they come to me looking for an enhanced um, lifestyle and um, what I call the longevity factor, which I'll explain later, but it truly starts with your heart, right? With knowing your heart. And you know, from being a yogini for all those years, right? I love it, so, Christine, all that you shared. I mean, there's so much there and actually I can't wait to dive into our conversation itself. But um, um, yeah, just if you have anything to share in terms of this discovery and then we can move on. Yes, to yes. So, oh, absolutely. To wrap it up, um, I don't think it should have taken me eight years. So this is where I'm here to help others. And, um, you know, I'm more passionate than ever. And where I discovered the brain, the heart, the gut connection was through my, the work with yoga and functional medicine. And so I learned that when this connection, there, there are essentially, so the latest neuroscience has proven that there are essentially three independent brains acting separately and of course, acting together, right? And so um, the head brain is called the cephalic brain. Your heart brain is called the cardiac brain and your gut brain is called the enteric brain. And they, it, they all have sophisticated um, organs, but they're deeply connected. They're all constantly influencing each other, whether it's through like sensory neurons or neurotransmitters or motor neurons, they can actually all sense learn, remember, communicate, and change, which is, in my mind, absolutely amazing. And when I give you examples of how it's connected to sleep, I think you'll, you'll agree. The great thing is when, you know, someone's very healthy, this connection is in harmony. So they're all speaking to each other really, really well. Um, unfortunately, the West, the West and the East have two different ways they go about it, as I'm sure you know. So where I live, you know, our society, it's more of that um, high, pro high productivity, high intensity, right? We think a lot with our head brain. 
And, and I understand, I mean, it's, it's, it's responsible for our executive functioning and our speech, but this groundbreaking science that has recently occurred in the East, I've learned through my study with Eastern traditions, they've taught this for centuries. <laughs> and you're the last person I have to explain this to, but it's just- <laughs> oh, But it's please just really... go ahead because our listeners <laughs> are predominantly in the US. So okay. it would okay. be great to break it down. Sure, sure. And so, you know, just even just touching, because we don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but touching on the gunas, you know, our energy centers, in some forms of yoga, you know, we have multiple centers of wisdom in our body, which is why we look at the five layers of the body, right, with yoga therapy. And we'll look at that through personalities, you know, the seasons, the time of day, our constitution, you know, the elements. And a lot of this work is bottom up work. And what I mean by that is we need to be connected with ourselves and learn how to be embodied and learn how to work with our nervous system. So the East has done that well for years, but the West, you know, think about it. We all have the saying like, follow your hearts. I know it in my gut. I mean, we all say these things. So intuitively, you know, the West does have an understanding of the multiple brains. It just hasn't been practiced, you know? So if in fact, we lean on one brain more compared to the others, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the head brain. I mean, someone could lead with their heart, you know, you know, walk around with their heart on their sleeve. Mm. Don't think of, don't think of any logic. And right? absolutely, and I think this sounds like someone who uh, shows a sense of excess duty and love to everyone else except themselves. And I mean, that's something we're, we're all guilty of at some point in time, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. So if we lean on any of the three brains too much, and balance in our health can happen. And it could be anything from obesity, chronic stress, anxiety, of course, sleep, depression, you know, high blood pressure. And today, of course, I'd like to talk about sleep. Um, if the brains are balanced, um, I do wanna emphasize this because this is really uh, um, you know, my passion to hopefully everyone can walk away with some sense of a balanced brain, but think about it, there's mental clarity, there's greater connection with friends and people, you have overall better physical health, your intuition is better, your insight, decision-making, creativity, and it even protects against Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, which is really close to my heart in terms of helping people prevent you know, cognitive decline. So um, would you like me to explain a little about what each brain is before we dive into the species? Yes, I think I would love to talk about what each of the three brains and also why did you decide to use this as a framework um, and how does it make sense into actually applying it as a way to look at health in everybody, both from sure. the perspective of imbalance and balance? Okay, no, no. So First that, you know, I'll spend a little bit of time on the, the head brain, just because that's what we know the, the most, right? But the cephalic brain, it's actually made up of a hundred billion neurons. So it's the most, um, and as we know, it's the seat of our language, cognition, consciousness, right? Creativity. So it has a lot of vast complexity. But the thing that's most important, I think, to, to note is that the brain is also our filing cabinet for our emotions, 
like furries that we want to store in for our neuropathway. And if we don't have proper sleep, this does not occur, which we'll get into as when I dive right into the sleep. Now the heart, the heart is so beautiful that, you know, it isn't as common spoke about, but it sends more messages than it receives. So again, that bottom up type of a conversation, it's our emotional center and it's understood as the birthplace of love and also holds our personality traits. So our heart isn't all about like this abstract concept. It's how we determine how we value and feel about people and certain things. So the two most, I'd say interesting points about this is our heart actually has a um, electronic magnetic field around it that can be measured in the body. And so, you know, an example I use sometimes is if you met somebody and they might've had like a beautiful aura or a really bad vibe, right? That is your heart brain. You are in touch with your heart brain. You'll be able to pick up on the energy of other people. And so if that isn't, you know, kind of amazing enough that we're able to do that. Um, I don't know if you've heard, but there's been records about um, heart transplant recipients taking on the personality yes, of the yes, donors. Have you yes, heard of this? Yes, yes, it, absolutely. It, I mean, that can be both uh, scary to the person who's had that as well, because suddenly they're not able to connect to why they're feeling a certain way. Yes, yes. It, it, but it's the, the, the accounts have been amazing, you know, that, that, they've, that they have. And so with all this being said, in my practice, I use heart math, I focus on heart rate variability, you know, how to work with that with a client, um, a lot with polyvagal theory, which is the science of safety and connection. So the heart brain is, is a big essence of what I do and how to balance the other two brains. Because think about it, we, if somebody, a lot of what I do is with behavioral change. So helping someone go from a mind shift to a behavioral shift. And we can't get to the behavioral shift and change and start working on changing those neural pathways if the body doesn't feel safe in itself. And it's not going to feel safe in itself until you've learned to how to control your nervous system. So this is just a beautiful example of how the, the heart and the brain, you know, the two brains work together. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, and Christine, before you talk about the gut as well, I just wanted to share a little practice that I have some of my yoga students do, even then Shavasana, which completely resonates with your concept of the three brains and where we just first focus for a while on the movement of the abdomen with the breath to soothe the abdominal area. And I'm thinking gut and then about feeling a gentle expansion with the inhale and a relaxation with the exhale of the rib cage, uh, which resonates with the emotional center where usually uh, I ask them to breathe in love and let go of any emotions that they feel they'd like to release. Uh, and then finally, where you bring the breathing awareness to the two nostrils, which direct the awareness to the center of the brain. And then I'm thinking this is just describing your three brains. Yes, that is beautiful. That No, that's a beautiful example. Thank you for sharing that because this is something that listeners can do at home, right? 
So thank you. Um, so tying in the gut brain, um, so that actually has a hundred million neurons. So not as half as, you know, with the head has a hundred billion, right? But the enteric brain, you know, it's housed, as you know, in the membrane of our gut and our abdomen. And it doesn't, you know, have that logical, creative thought process of the brain, but it focuses all on, you know, that biggest processing that we do on a daily basis, our digestion. And it focuses on the absorption and just keeping us energized and keeping us alive. But I look at it as it's a huge key and tool for me when working with people with mental wellness and mental health challenges. Because as you know, you know, 90% approximately of our serotonin is made in our gut and then 50% of our dopamine is in our gut. And so that is a huge clue for us if somebody isn't eating well, because, you know, our food, of course, we know can directly impact our mood. And so the gut does also make um, a lot of different decisions about, say, our safety, um, which kind of ties into the polyvagal theory, right? Um, making decisions about if something is aligned with our core identity. You know, you might've heard the term, like, I feel it in my gut, right? Yeah, and absolutely, so that's intuition. Real, yeah. Intuition, yeah. So that's real, real important um, in terms of, just understanding the power of the gut brain, right? And so the three of them together, I've learned if we can like work and put them into harmony through, um, you know, what we're about to dive into now about with the sleep, there's so many ways that we can do this. If, if we can align them well on a daily basis, then everything else flows you know, everything else that the disease is put to the side and everything else works. I love it, Christine. So I would love for us to actually dive into sleep. And is it, uh, uh, is it something which is bi-directional where the three brains are impacting sleep and vice versa? And so can we just uh, break down the three brains in the con context of sleep? Okay, no, 100%. And you are correct that the, it is bi-directional. So they both, everything affects the other. And um, I, I do wanna mention about sleep and I know your listeners um, listen to all different, uh, I guess, lenses about sleep. And I just wanted to touch upon, you know, obviously we, a third of our life we spend sleeping, right? Everything from, you know, our hormones getting replenished or our bodies getting restored, you know, to our brains, um, you know, getting, replenished as well. You can have good sleep, you can have weight loss can occur, right? Our immune system. I mean, it's essentially the foundation of health. And I like to, especially when I'm speaking with high performers, I like to bring in nature. And I, I, I always show pictures of animals and especially like baby animals, because of course they look so adorable, but they're, they're having such restorative sleep. And I feel like most people don't look at sleep as an inviting process. Like they almost, especially the high performance, it's just like a check off the box. I got to sleep because I need to wake up so I can go do more, you yes. know? So I just wanted to preface that because the sleep is so, 
I think it's just so underrated now, right? And I'm sure you feel the same way if you created this entire podcast. Right? Absolutely. I'm always talking about this, how it's become a badge of honor to say I hardly get a few hours mm-hmm. of sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So diving into the head brain in your sleep. So think about our brain. We take in a staggering amount of information every day. So sleep is how the brain cleans up any rogue thoughts or memories, and it helps us consolidate what's important to us. If we miss our sleep, we miss this process. That's how vital it is. So if we look at our brain as like a series of filing cabinets, sleep is when the files get organized. You know, so I just think that's an easy way to look at. Yes, I think that was a great one because that really brought sense to it. Because, you know, when we talk about how sleep is where short term memories converted to long term memories, sometimes that doesn't quite make sense to people. And Mm -hmm. uh, I've always thought about it as where you hold on to emotions and memories that you don't need to hold on to. And Mm -hmm. uh, you you don't capture the memories of what you need to capture when you're not sleeping well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And also, you know, with our brain, we're trying to always make new neuropathways, you know, allow us to make new things and perform things with ease. So sleep bolsters that process. So again, if we don't have great sleep, this isn't going to occur. And then on the other hand, you know, if we really don't have great sleep, that's going to, the opposite, of course, will happen, right? So the memory, the low focus, you know, a host of other brain issues. And when I have a, um, a, a reset I do, it's, tw- it's 12 weeks. So my point is, sleep is one of my first modules. And a lot of times they're like, why are we talking about weight loss or, or any, you know, other things that they want to talk about? We, we always talk about the nervous system and sleep first, because if we don't have that foundation, we'll, we'll never get to the releasing, as you know. I mean, sleep, if we have chronic stress and we're not sleeping and somebody wants to, for example, lose weight or balance their hormones, we'll never get there, right? Because our, our nervous system hasn't had that, I call it that cradle of, of love, you know, to make it feel safe so it can release. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Sleep is, I mean, nobody can sleep if they don't feel safe. Yes, yes, 100%. Now our heart, and this is really interesting, and I want to, you know, kind of preface this that, you know, a lot of people might, this isn't to paint a hopeless picture, okay? So I mentioned before that our heart, you know, is our power center of emotion, right? Well, there's been a lot of studies that prolong negative emotions can physically damage our heart. And so this is really important to learn and understand. But as someone who has had lifelong depression, you know, if if somebody doesn't pay attention to their depression, they're they're going to be more likely to experience heart disease. And this phenomenon, if you've heard of it, but it's called the sad heart syndrome. And for someone in my position, I look at it as, as empowering information. Because I know that, think about it, sleep is one of our body's most powerful emotional regulators. So I know that I'm going to get my sleep. You know? I, I'm going to, and, and this is someone who 
almost five years, I, I didn't sleep. So if I can do it, whoever's listening can do it, you know? Um, and think about it in, in re relation to our heart and the, the emotion, um, sleep can help us to be a most, you know, less emotionally reactive. We can obviously be more empathetic. It's easier to connect with our loved ones, you know? And so it's real important that we understand. And I think it's absolutely amazing that our emotions can affect our physical organs, you know? And I'm just wanting to take a little um, off route here, Christine, because sure. what would you say about someone? And I'm just thinking when you share about the heart that often we see people who are always reacting from a space of aggression and mm -hmm. uh, lashing out at everyone around them. And sometimes, most often people just put them off as someone who's horrible, but I feel there's a deep space of pain in the heart space from where that aggression comes from. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I do work with people, you know, with mental health challenges and that does include trauma. And that's where a lot of the yoga therapy work comes in. And so um, I, I will connect, it, it could either be, you know, ACEs, you know, adverse childhood experiences um, or, or some type of, if we'll use your anger example, you know, um, we first need to be able to have that person be in a feeling of safety, you know, and, and that's through the nervous system. And so a lot of work is done there, you know, connecting with the person and having them be able to actually connect with their heart. And all of that is self work, self embodied work. Uh, you know, I, I do a lot of work with somatics and, and therapeutic yoga. And so um, that's where I would approach that situation. Uh, so would you just clarify then to our listeners that uh, any emotion that doesn't seem to feel balanced, it could be feeling depressed, angry, jealousy, any of those emotions that you feel need to be released, they all are an indication that there's some imbalance at the heart brain? Mm -hmm. uh, no, 100%. I do agree that. And, and the, the beautiful thing is you can release them. You know, like it, it isn't lost. And yes. you, you don't have to be that way forever, you know? Yes. And I, I, think, I think something that could help, you know, your heart brain with this emotional um, um, situation is yoga nidra, um, your, your sleep meditations. Um, we actually did the, um, the, the river one um, a couple of days ago. It was, it was that great. My, um, so it's yeah, the, the, um, I think it was the floating with freedom, I believe. Yes. The name? Yes. Yeah. And uh, I especially, I, I, I don't know about anyone else, but I envisioned like I was physically just floating down. I, I, I don't know why I thought it was Brazil. I think maybe because my dad used to fish there, but just all the beautiful nature was wrapped around. And this is a visual thing. Like I woke up visualizing that. Oh, lovely. So, yeah, it was, it was really neat. So if, if the listeners haven't um, tried that one yet, I definitely go to, what was it? Number 78, I think, or 72? 82. 82. Okay. But um, I, I think and um, that's all flows. In fact, I must tell you because someone asked, and that those are all by uh, my husband, 
Uh, and someone asked whether he uh, scripts his meditation and he almost laughed because he lived in a cave in the Himalayas and he uh, he lived there for a few years with the yogi and then he came wow. back to this hole because one day the master said, uh, go back, you've got some destiny left. And he actually didn't want to come back. So he just sits here and he just closes his eyes and it flows out. And he's never scripted a single one of his meditations. That is A, amazing and B, beautiful. So it's just literally coming from his heart. I mean, yes. that's how I feel. Yes, yes. So his his description is just amazing. What I remember, because I was kind of floating in, floating out, you know, and yes. then I eventually fell asleep. But would you like to move on to the, yes. speak a little about the gut? Yes, please? absolutely. That ties, this ties it all together, your enteric, um, your enteric brain. Because, you know, I mentioned a little about the serotonin and um, other neurochemicals, you know, impact brain function. Um, well, these neurochemicals also help regulate healthy sleep patterns too. So there's several different um, ways we can look at it. So the sleep is definitely um, impacted by what we eat. So in our microbiome in turn deeply affects our mental health, right? And if our microbiome is less diverse, that can also have an effect on the serotonin and the melatonin which of course also affects our ability to sleep. So there's a lot of bi-directional stuff going on here, you know? And, and I think I've, also, uh, um, Christine, don't you feel that then if someone has been on antidepressants for a long time, those also impact the microbiome. So they're kind of caught in a vicious circle of where do you break that loop? Yes. Yes, a hundred percent. And that's where, you know, everything we do is just titrating, right? Just little, 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 just little things building on each other. And I, I found that people that I've worked with that have sleep issues, um, once we change how they eat, essentially when they're working on their microbiome, it just slowly just gets better and better and better. And they almost don't even realize, oh, it's because I changed my eating habits. They just come to me and say, hey, I've been sleeping a lot better lately. And so it's, you know, there's definitely a correlation. And the last thing with sleep with, so I have a gentleman that has um, sleep apnea and, and, you know, that can impair the microbiome and, and any kind of sleep airway disorder, that'll provoke your immune system to kind of go into overdrive, right? And 70%, give or take of our immune system is located in our gut right? And so when our immune system's overactive, our nervous system is overreactive. And so when clients come in, you know, your body's going to react. Like if they say that they react to the weather or certain foods or emotions or chemicals, you know, or even sounds, um, we can start putting the pieces together, you know, if they're not sleeping and or if they don't have proper nutrition. So it's a it's a lot of a lot of dots being connected, you know. Perfect, Christine. And uh, you, I would like to ask you. So, how does the vagus nerve connect these three? And uh, does it connect all three of them? 
And of course, where do we begin? If uh, I mean, obviously, we're all going to have centers of imbalance in different areas, and maybe one is more predominant than the other. So, um, how would you advise using this framework as a way to understand? Of course, you did explain a lot about how do we look at imbalance in each of these areas, but where do we begin to actually put it all together? Sure. The, so the vagus nerve, and, and it's funny, um, this is one of the modules I have at the beginning of my program too, because I, I introduce it. Guys, we can't lose any fat until we meet your new best friend, you know, because the vagus nerve, I mean, it's, it's the longest nerve in our body, the 10th cranial nerve. Um, it's actually called the wandering nerve, but it's essentially our super highway that connects uh, a lot of our organs together, most of our organs, but yes, the, the three brains. And so that's what ties the three brains together. And it starts at the back of our brainstem and goes down to our abdominal organs. And so this nerve is, helps all the communications occur, you know? So it's, it's really, really important. And 80% of our vagus nerve communication moves from the organs, um, you know, the heart and the gut up to the brain, which is why, you know, the yoga therapy and the, the somatics and anything that's like felt sense, right, embodied is so vital to the brain heart gut connection and our precious nervous system, you know? So in, in order for people to, you know, to understand how I apply it in our practice, like in order for people that want to release, you know, the negative thoughts, the visceral fat, you know, things that no longer serve them, um, we need to, to get that alignment done first. So I usually start and, you know, I don't want to say it depends, you know, but if there's low hanging fruit, you know, if I, if there's something very obvious and I, I like to go from um, the client's symptoms. So if they're in a lot of pain, you know, we start there. If, um, if they're sleeping, but they're in a lot of pain, we start there. If they're not sleeping, I have to say, and it's not just because we're on the podcast, I would start with sleep just because of the foundation, foundational work. But um, it's, it, I go back to feeling safe in the body. And what people can do to start aligning is um, a, a lot of the polyvagal work is really great to do. And uh, polyvagal theory is the, the science of, of safety and connection. And, you know, we don't want to go down a rabbit hole there, but, but that type of work, being able to simply connect with your heart, connect with your breathing, you know, connect with your felt sense is a great place to start. I agree. And I think that's where there's so much emphasis in yoga about breath work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you also, may, uh, my mind also quickly went, Christine, to when you spoke about the Vegas now that, uh, and that probably does also have a lot to do with the health and flexibility of the spinal cord itself, which is where, again, yoga becomes a wonderful tool. Mm-hmm. No, I, I 100% agree. There's a lot of... Um, just, you know, in general, in addition to yoga per se, like a lot of Eastern ancient traditions that um, apply to sleep. And I'm happy to share a couple if, if that's helpful. Yes, 
Go for um, it. Anything ancient always gets my spine yeah. tingling. <laughs> well, um, you know, a, a bra- I, I think, you know, right in the morning, you know, our cortisol is just sitting there, right? So any type of gentle brahmana practice to discharge the cortisol um, would be wonderful. And for our listeners, if, if you, I know you said you had a lot of Westerners here. So um, just think of the word brahmana as expansion. So just think of some kind of gentle expansion, some kind of gentle movement, maybe um, standing poses, a daily walk for a half hour, you know, first thing in the morning. Um, and then when we want to, you know, slowly wind down, I should say in the evening, that's where we could work with a, a longana practice. And longana um, high level simply means reduction, right? We could, as a um, better sense of a word. So we want to, we don't want to do anything too active in the evening. So we want to be able to do, and that could be any type of like sattvic type focus, right? So any type of um, focus that's going to calm the nervous system, bring them into balance. It could be, um, I, I love niyasams of any kind, but you know, a finger in niyasam is, is fairly simple. And you know, to even um, explain to the audience and then if they visually see, but to explain, you can literally just put your thumb at the bottom of your index finger, inhale the thumb up to the top of the finger, press gently, and then exhale it all the way back down. And you can do that slowly up and down each finger and then go to the next hand. And then if you wanna do both hands at the same time, and that was a very quick <laughs> description, but um, you can definitely look up finger niyasam. And I, I even do that in bed sometimes. I think yeah. a lot of uh, people would also connect it as mudras. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, no, I agree. And. If, if somebody's into chanting, some soft chanting, um, you know, is just very gentle. Um, if, if chanting isn't your thing, prayer, right? And so uh, Christine, when you said chanting, I remember way back 20 years ago when I was in the ashram and the guru would, I mean, we'd have chanting twice a day at sunrise and sunset for an hour. And he would say, think of it as taking a pill to keep yourself in a deep state of calm throughout your life. Oh, that's beautiful. That's really, really beautiful. It, in that, it, you know, hearing it that way, I, I would think people will be more open to it, right? Yes. I mean, that, that's amazing. Um, so there's different, I kind of have a, a little top list of, of sleep, um, kind of, whether you want to call it takeaways or methods. Yes, I'd love to yes. Share. I was just okay. going to come to, could you share some takeaways for us so we can actually oh, start beautiful. to bring this together? Sure, sure. So there's, um, you know, I'm just going to just kind of dance around and just touch on different things. Um, in terms of, of eating, um, and intermittent fasting is a large topic, but just to touch upon it, in general, if you take a break from eating, it's going to help um, your circadian rhythms normalize. So that will help your sleep. If you stop three hours before you go to bed, all the energy requirements, instead of processing your food, it can be focused on your sleep and your insulin sensitivity. So that's kind of, to me, a, a, a top tip from, from a nutrition standpoint, you know? Um, 
looking at you know the, the medicine, avoiding any stimulants, um, even uh, like Sudafed, things over the counter like congestion, that can have a fake on, uh, an effect on your wakefulness of your central nervous system. So those are things that people might not think of off the top of their head, you know, to avoid during you know before they go to sleep. Um, this might sound a little funny, but what you focus on, of course, expands, right? So any type of nighttime tension or anxiety, we want to try to avoid. So even repeating, like, well, maybe having a big conversation with your partner, um, you might not want to do that three hours, you know, before bed. Um, really any self-talk, even to yourself. I mean, a lot of times, unfortunately, people might talk worse to themselves than anyone else, right? And I think, Christine, and you spoke about people who need validation, I think it's all the more important that they avoid any sort of stimulus or conversation in after sunset. Uh, completely agree. So to me, that means TV, you know, paying bills, looking at the stock market, like things that people might do, you know, I mentioned the arguments, but anything that is going to get that excitatory going, right? And, you know, all of this to me is just titrating, doing little tiny body shifts. So, you know, if, if you want to go to bed earlier, make a, maybe you wake up five minutes earlier, you know, just little tiny shifts, you know, in your biological clock, you know, um, working with, and, and I always look at this, especially sleep work, like in, in perfect perfection, because there's so many things we can do. Um, I have this light I'd love to show you, um, and I'll describe it for, for those on the podcast, this Lumi light. There's a red light. This is a beautiful light um, to help with our sleep. Um, and we also have, um, you know, the glasses. I have the, um, the Vivibrays. Um, the glasses are, are yeah, really nice. Yeah, of course, we had Rudy on the show as well, the circadian masterclass. Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that. I can't wait to listen to that one. And um, and then I, I, I'm a, a big fan of essential oils. Um, a couple that I like, one's called Balance, one's called Serenity. Um, the, those particular ones are through Deterra, but any type of um, essential oil that's very calming um, for you um, would be wonderful. Think about just when you go to sleep, just think about tying in as many senses as you can. So, you know, tie in the breath, tie in the touch, maybe you tie in the visualization, you know, tie in the meditation, that type of thing. Um, all of those combined can help prepare us for restorative sleep. Just essentially aligning the brain, the heart, and the gut. And, any, and you're talking about anything that soothes our senses at that time of the day. Yes. Beautiful, Christine. And uh -huh. uh, I know we are really out of time, but uh, that was great conversation. I'm I, totally worth the wait, but I would like to have you just conclude by sharing how is your practice different? Sure, sure. Um, I, I think it, it starts, um, it's, it's fairly unique because of the type of clientele I work with. Um, the high performers, recovering perfectionists, overdoers, heavy thinkers. Um, a lot of times these people are creatives, entrepreneurs. They don't have to be. Um, just essentially, if you're a go-getter in your own world, 
you know, I'm your gal, you know, they, they tend to resonate to me, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely, Christine. And I was thinking of the Ayurvedic Pitta personality, the fiery, the, you know, yeah. always excess doing. And then when you said recovering perfectionist, I was going to tell you that I need to be a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> right now, I'm still a perfectionist. <laughs> Well, it's, it's definitely a work in progress because I'm there with you. I've, I'm, I've, I'm almost I'm in the process of, but, um, but these individuals, they desire, some of them do have a chronic health condition, but a lot of them are fairly healthy, but they desire enhanced lifestyle and what I call the longevity factor. And that essentially, we work together to create their own personal blue zone. And I don't know if you've heard of the blue zone. Or... Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. So essentially for our workers, uh, for our listeners, excuse me, the blue zone um, are different parts of the world where uh, there's the most centurion. So we're the most people that live over a hundred. And I I wear three hats in my practice, um, working as a functional nutrition practitioner, a therapeutic movement specialist for mental health, and then a mindset and resilient coach. And I think that third hat is... um, very essential because I feel like uh, actually a lot of people that come to me are very intelligent. They have a lot of knowledge. You know, some of them are executives, they're, they, they're high level entrepreneurs. You can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't know how to move from that mindset and then shift over to that behavioral shift, it's just going to be a cycle, right? And so working in that manner of helping them make new neural, you know, neuro, you know, working with the neuroplasticity, making new neural pathways is something I I very much lean into. And so um, I actually have a, um, a program where we focus on, you know, people that have had really stubborn weight loss. And then just kind of the hormones are a little out of whack. They probably have that chronic stress factor you know, might have anxiety, depression with it. But the point is, it's all about releasing. So releasing negative thoughts, releasing the visceral fat, releasing what no longer serves them. And I think that approach with combining the East and the West, you know, with this modern neuroscience, with the psychology is something that, you know, makes it a little unique. I love it. And I really loved what you said about creating their personal blue zones. And that really was very, very beautiful for me. Um, So Christine, where can people find you? Sure. Um, My website is, um, I'm sure it's going to be in the show notes, but it's uh, radiantheart.health. And um, that would be the easiest way to find me or on Instagram through my name, which I'm sure will be in the show notes as well. Right. And we can't let you go without completing our show mantra. So we need you to complete the sentence. If sleep is the new medicine, then how would you complete it? Ah, if sleep is the new medicine, then every single person in this beautiful world will have harmony in their mind in their hearts and in their gut. Thank you, Christine. That was a beautiful conversation. Thank you for your time. And I know uh, it took a while, but really it was totally worth the wait. No, thank you so much. And um, 
I have a um, some upcoming events that um, I'm sure we'll put in the show notes that I hope our listeners yes. um, can can check out. But you can share it as well. Um, oh, oh, sure, sure. Um, I uh, have a free five-day stress detox challenge coming up in November, uh, November 29th. And so it'll be a lot of fun. It's only five days and it'll get a little of a taste for everyone to kind of see what it, it's like to, to spend some time with me. Love and then, it. Uh, we, yeah. And we have a, um, we have a wait list right now, but our, our next um, lifestyle uh, metabolic reset is, is starting up uh, soon right after that challenge. So if anyone's interested in that, they're more than welcome to go to the website to uh, find out more information. Thank you, Christine. Thank you so much. It was truly um, an honor to be here today. I, I really enjoyed just the connection and, and being able to talk about my passion. And, and thank you again for inviting me on your show. Indeed, my pleasure and my honor. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional. This information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or the professional advice or services. If you are looking for personal help on your health journey, do seek out a qualified professional. Please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional. It is in no way intended as medical advice or a treatment or cure for any condition. Be sure to always directly work with a qualified practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding. If you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner, do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com. It is important that you have someone who is qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care, especially when it comes to chronic health conditions. Be sure to subscribe to the Sleep Whisperer podcast on your favorite podcast app to get each episode as soon as it launches.